0: Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6 Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. May the Lord bless this reading of his word to us. I think that you will agree with me that There is a a warmth and an earnestness in the Apostle Paul's message to his Galatian brothers and, and sisters, as indeed there ought always to be when the gospel is being set forth and when it's being preached. Paul's epistle obviously was written down, but he is talking about preaching he mentioned several times the hearing of faith and he speaks of Jesus Christ being evidently set forth, crucified among you. And he even speaks in the verses we read together of the gospel being preached to Abraham. Um, I think that's a very, that's a very uh, potent thought to realise that Uh, We have the gospel preached to us today, but the gospel was preached to Abraham as well. And uh, that's the Apostle Paul that's telling us that, uh, and, and of course the Holy Spirit. Preaching is not a speech, and it's not a lecture. It isn't intended merely to educate and inform us although those are included. But true preaching is spiritual strengthening and spiritual sustaining and equipping. We ought to come away from preaching. We ought to come away from a sermon challenged and comforted and praising God for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. When the apostle says we preach Christ crucified, it is for our comfort, for our, for our challenging, and to give us a reason to worship the Lord. Paul was concerned for the souls and the Christian testimony of his friends in the Galatian churches. And he was angry at the error being spread amongst them. They were losing sight of the message of divine mercy and sovereign grace. And this disturbed the apostle. He had taught these things. And now these troublers of the Galatian believers were undermining the ministry that he had given The the Galatians knew the truth, they were believers, but they were being deceived and distracted into thinking that once they had been saved, now they should build on their conversion the righteousness of their own making. Once they had received the righteousness of Christ, that was as it well were just uh, putting them on a, a level uh, playing field, and now it was up to them to build their own righteousness on that foundation. They were being encouraged to fulfil the law and adopt Jewish practices to that end of making themselves holy before God. It was as though Christ had washed away their sin and now they'd build their holiness by which to earn God's pleasure and ultimately gain reward. They weren't openly denying Christ. They just didn't think that he was all that they needed. They didn't think he was enough and the Judaizers were teaching Christ is fine as far as he goes but there's more to serving God than trusting Christ. There's works to be done as well. And this was the error of the Judaizers amongst these Galatian brethren. So in this chapter the Apostle Paul first asks the Galatians whether The spiritual life that they have had come to them through the works of the law or the hearing of faith. Now they knew that the experience of spiritual life and spiritual comfort had not come by being obedient to the law. Because the Apostle Paul had preached the gospel to them, Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified Amongst them, and this was the ground, this was the basis of their faith. They knew uh, that it was the gospel truth of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross and all that was accomplished by Him there that was the beginning of their spiritual experience. So the Apostle Paul challenges them to consider if having begun their spiritual life and experience by faith, they were now trying to advance it by works and deeds and fleshy practices such as circumcision and legal obedience and religious rituals. And then he goes on in verse 6, verses we've read today, to employ an example from the history, well, the history of Scripture, but the history and testimony of Abraham. And I think that this was very astute of the apostle. He is arguing here on the grounds of what he knew would be very dear to these Judaizers. These uh, Jewish um, mongrel Christians boasted of Abraham as the head of the Jewish nation and they proudly vaunted themselves as his children and heirs of the promises given to Abraham by God. However, Paul informs the Galatians and he's confronting these Judaizers at the same time He informs the Galatians of the true facts and interpretation of Abraham's experience. And he shows how Abraham was accepted by God, deemed to be righteous before God, and was heir to God's promises while he was still a heathen, still worshipping idols, still uncircumcised. Indeed, before there was any personal obedience to God, God showed that he had <coughs> accepted Abraham. Before there was any works performed by Abraham or had been uh, any tests applied to Abraham, so that Paul shows Abraham was not blessed for any righteousness of his own or indeed eligibility of his own or from his works. Abraham was simply spoken to by God informed of God's plans and appraised of the divine plan to justify (coughs) and to make righteous the heathen (coughs) of the world through Abraham or rather through the one that would proceed from Abraham's loins and be Abraham's offspring and progeny, the the Lord Jesus. And this revelation that was given to Abraham, this vision that he had, it meant that Abraham was told of what God had done. And this is what Paul means when he speaks about the gospel having been preached to Abraham. It was the gospel of justification, of redemption, of reconciliation and salvation by Christ. Exactly the same gospel as we have today. And it was preached to Abraham. And Abraham was given faith to believe it. He was enabled to believe it and to trust in the promises of God to him. Abraham believed God when he learned that righteousness was not a merited reward that had to be worked for and could be won, but rather a gracious gift, eternally conceived by God, divinely secured by the Lord Jesus Christ, and freely bestowed by God the Holy Spirit. I would go so far as to say that Abraham understood the covenant of grace and peace. Paul says in verse 6, Abraham believed God and it was accounted uh, to him for righteousness. Now I want to make an important distinction uh, here because there's a, a rather wicked, a rather pernicious teaching around about in our churches today, that men and women are made righteous by God because they believe, as if the act of believing brings righteousness. And indeed sometimes this verse is employed despite the fact that it answers Paul's purpose beautifully in the context in which it is written, this verse is employed in order to support this free will fallacy. Let me say expressly, Abraham was not accounted righteous because he believed. He was justified and made righteous by God in Christ, and then he believed it to be true when informed of it. He believed it to be true when the gospel, good news of this blessed truth was preached to him by Christ. And we learn about this in Genesis chapter 15. Now you can go back and read the end of chapter 14 and the beginning of chapter 15 at your own leisure. If you like, but let me just uh, give you this opening verse of Genesis chapter 15, because we learn there that Abraham had just encountered Melchizedek, who had blessed Abraham. And then we read in verse 1 of chapter 15, after these things, that is, after the encounter with Melchizedek, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, okay? Such an important little phrase that. The word of the Lord. What did John say? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And this is Christ. This is Christ that comes to Abraham in a vision. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding Great reward. Genesis 15, verse 1. Now, this person who came to Abraham was the word of the Lord. It was Jehovah, the essential word, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells Abraham, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. The Lord Jesus Christ is here saying, I am your shield. I am your defender. I am your deliverer from God's wrath towards sin. And actually, knowing Christ as our shield is the only true ground for not being afraid. <laughs> what is it they say? Be afraid, be very afraid. If you are outside of Christ, you ought to be afraid. And it's only because the devil has blinded the eyes of men and women that they're not afraid. They're not afraid of what is contained in time. And there's not. they're not afraid of eternity. In truth, it is only when we are in Christ that that admonition, fear not, has any true significance. But the Lord said to Abraham, fear not, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Christ is our shield and our great reward. The glory that we will have and he will be the supplier of every blessed promise that is given to sinful men and women in the covenant of grace and peace. When Abraham heard that, when Abraham heard the word of the Lord in this vision, he believed God. He believed the Lord Jesus Christ to be his shield, as he said he was. He believed the Lord Jesus Christ to be his exceeding great reward, as he said he was. And this, this is what is meant In verse 6, when it talks about Abraham believed God and it was accounted or imputed. That's what the margin reading is there. Imputed to him for righteousness. It is the thing that Christ is to us that brings our righteousness. Not the believing of the revelation. Abraham heard, he learned, he believed Christ would supply all that he needed before God personally and also that through him and the promises given to him God would save a great number of men and women throughout the whole world by the same shield and defender that was Abraham's way of salvation And the same exceeding great reward. So that from this truth, Paul's telling the Galatians that faith, not nationality, not religious affiliation, and certainly uh, uh, not um, obedience to the law, is the criterion by which true children of God will be known. And by which they'll be identified. So he says in verse 7, They which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And this is what we've been stressing in our Lord's Day services from Isaiah, is it not? It is the spiritual Israel and the spiritual Judah. That is men and women of spiritual faith who are the true Zion of God, the true church of Jesus Christ. It is they they who are heirs with Christ and for whom the Lord Jesus Christ is our exceeding great reward. Now some people tell us, oh we're all God's children, all God's children by creation. But Paul tells us it is only they who are of faith and to seek righteousness by faith, by trusting in Christ who are the true people of God. Adoption doesn't come from law obedience or by seeking justification by works. The promise of having Christ as our shield and exceeding great reward is discovered and experienced only by faith in his word and in his promises. It is faith and the suitability, the sufficiency and success of the Lord Jesus Christ that brings believers into possession of forgiveness of sins and a clear conscience and the joy and peace of everlasting life. It is faith that brings these experiences to us. The law can supply none of these things. That was true for Abraham and it was true for the Galatians. These Judaizers wanted to make these folks children of Abraham, by subjecting them to the law as a standard of righteousness and as a means of holiness and acceptance with God. And Paul says, no, 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 no. It is faith, trusting in the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ alone that brings righteousness, reconciliation and a knowledge of sins forgiven. And just in closing, I think it's lovely to see how the apostle encompasses the Galatians in the testimony of Abraham. These these Galatians may well have wondered a little enviously if perhaps they could not be brought into the Jewish faith a little bit more concretely if they were listening to these Judaizers. But what Paul is saying is this, Abraham believed Christ. He believed that Christ was his shield, who interposed himself as substitute for Abraham. And he believed that Christ would be his exceeding great reward. And Abraham also believed that in him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. The Galatians weren't Jews by nationality, they were Gentiles. But by the hearing of faith and the preaching of the same gospel as was preached to Abraham, these Gentiles were saved. These Galatians have Abraham's promises firsthand as their own possession, just as we do today. Abraham looked forward. We with the Galatians look back to what Christ has done for us on the cross. And we all believe in the suitability, the sufficiency and the success of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is all we have before God and all we need before God now and for eternity. Someday, someday, perhaps soon, we shall see Abraham and Paul and our brothers and sisters from Galatia in heaven. And we shall know that we are all there experiencing Christ as our exceeding great reward by that one sacrifice of the one Saviour in whom we shall joyfully worship for eternity. May the Lord bless these thoughts to us. Amen.